You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Family, we're going to start this morning. I want to talk around a, a, a very seldom mentioned word in the Word of God because sometimes, you know, in our modern day society, we don't like things to take long. We are, we are trained to have everything happen quickly. Uh, I remember, I'm still old enough to be able to remember when we first got computers and uh, you would click on something and you would wait. And you would wait. You could actually go make a cup of coffee sometimes when you were pulling up a file and you would wait. Now, if that happens, we're immediately pulling out the plug. We wanted to find out what's wrong. Have we lost connection? It's not, <laughs> hallelujah, I bless you, you know. If it didn't happen instantly, you know, everything has to be instant. And it's interesting that we, we live in that kind of society. And so I want to talk today on the power of endurance, the power of endurance and the requirement of God on us to have endurance in our lives. And I'm going to start with taking us to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 in the in New King James Version reads like this. It says, therefore, we also... So if we say we also, Paul's talking to us. He's talking to us. We are uh, about to be spoken about. Now, when he says we also, we need to understand that Hebrews 12 comes after Hebrews 11. It's amazing what you learn in church. 11, 12. And Hebrews 11 is this chapter in which we see the heroes of the faith brought forward by Paul and explained to us how they actually stood the test of time and what they had done for God. And then he says, we also. He's looking at us as heroes of the faith. And he's talking to us in that manner. And he says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Oh, I just love that scripture. I love that. Bible says that everyone that has gone before us joins the cloud of witnesses. Everyone that has gone before us. I know right now, as I'm preaching, I'm joined by at least four of my fathers and mothers. You know, my, Olga and I have said goodbye to mom and dad on both sides. And so I know that the Bible says that I am joined by such a cloud of witnesses. Everybody is participating. So, you know, I'm, I'm making sure I do a good job for mom. You know, it's not just... So, don't get intimidated. Don't worry. She's not like that. <laughs> Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We are to run the race with endurance because it is the race that has been set before us. Now, I want you to understand that word set tells us that we have a track. You know, when I go to run a race, and if you don't know, let me just, you know, I've run maybe over, well, over 50-odd marathons and ultra-marathons. I don't even count the shorter races, just putting that together. So I know what it's like to run a race. And every race has a set course. If you don't follow the course of the race, you do not qualify as a winner. You don't go to run the comrades, it is a separate track. And you've got to run on that particular road. If you try and take a shortcut, you don't get to have the medal. 
If you don't follow according to the rules of that particular race, you don't qualify as a completer of the race. So God tells us in His Word that you and I have a set course. He has designed us for a particular purpose. And we are to run that race. COVID-19 did not catch God by surprise. He knew it was part of the course that you and I would be running on. Come on, can I get a bigger amen than that? We, God is not caught by surprise. He knew you and I would face that particular hurdle on our race. But he said we must run with endurance the race set before us. Have a look at it in the Passion Translation. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. And then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already marked out before us, already been marked out before us. Now when it said endurance, now look at how the Passion Translation puts it. It said, run with passion and determination. So the, the Passion Translation translates that word endurance as passion and determination. And I want to talk this morning about endurance having different forms and looking slightly differently. But Paul, yeah, in the Passion Translation says, our race needs to be run with passion. It needs to be a, a, something that we're excited about, one that invigorates us. I like that word, the word invigorate, that we are not to actually run as if we're stumbling and suffering, but we're supposed to have passion and determination. And I'm going to take a brief moment to, to go and have a look at the life of one of the heroes that is not mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, but one where we see he runs his race with passion and determination. And I'm going to take you to Joshua chapter 14 in the New King James, so Joshua chapter 14 in the New King James, and we're going to talk here about this man called Caleb. This man called Caleb is a, is a, is a wonderful study of what to do when your life doesn't set you up with all the advantages. You know, if you study out the, the, the man Caleb, you begin to understand that his father was a Kenezite. Kenezite. I mean, uh, I struggle to even pronounce it. But Kenezite was from the tribe of Esau. Now, you remember Jacob and Esau. Esau was the guy who lost everything. He gives rise to a whole nation of people that are outside the blessing of Jacob's nation. And yet, Yari is the father of Caleb. Now, in the Jewish tradition, it's the mother that actually determines uh, which tribe you go down. It's quite interesting the way they do it in the, in the Old Testament. But the, the mother must have been of the household of Jacob, one of those tribes. And because Caleb actually rises to be a great leader, and he wouldn't have been in that leadership on the basis of his father because his father was from Esau's line. And the word Caleb in the Old Testament in the initial translation means dog. Oh. Now, when you look up Caleb, it means 
wholehearted. It means single-minded. That's because of what Caleb did. He changed the whole meaning of the word. But in his initial understanding, the word was dog because he came from a line that was not respected. His father was an outsider. He wasn't born on the right side of the tracks. His father wasn't anyway. So things weren't set up for Caleb. But I, if you have a look at Joshua 14 and verse 6, I want you to just read and hear the passion and the determination with which this man ran his race. And when the children of Judah had come to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenezite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of God, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back words to him as it was in my heart. I brought back words to him as it was in my heart. Caleb told Moses what he believed, not what he saw. Come on now. Caleb told Moses what he believed. It was in his heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Why? Because they told the people what they saw and caused them to disbelieve. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. I want you to underline that if you can. I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's Forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, and he has said, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke his word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. I want you to just stop for a moment and take your, your Bible reading mind and, and, and think what was happening. He's 40 years of age. He comes out of slavery. He endures the, cro uh, the, the crossing of the desert. He fights many battles there. His life is at risk on a regular basis. He gets to the river. He gets to see the promise of God. And because of other people's disbelief, because of their failure, nothing to do with him, he cannot go over he cannot cross over and walk into the promise. He has to stay outside for another 45 years. He walks in the desert and daily and regularly he watches the people that he grew up with die. Have you ever considered what that must have been like? These were people that he had spent slavery in Egypt with. He had grown up, he had endured so much, but they were disqualified and so they passed away. Remember, God shortened the years to three score and ten. Seventy was an old age. He endured that for 45 years. And now he's 85 years of age. He's 15 years older than the oldest person had been for so long. He's 85 years of age. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. I'm not just strong. I'm ready to fight. Come on. 
That excites me. I know I'm just you know, moving towards that area of 60, and I keep saying, I'm going to keep running until way over, because I watch these people that run past me, and I know they're older than me, because it's written on their, on their race number at the back, and I go, there's me, somewhere in the future, I'm doing that to some youngster. I can't wait to do that, but yeah, he is, Caleb going, I'm 85, I'm not just... 85, I'm going to lead my troops. I want to go out and I want to come in. That means I'm going to go out and fight and I'm going to bring the treasure home. I am going to be victorious. Wow. And now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakin were there and the cities were great and fortified. Wow. You see, Caleb went to the place where the giants lived. He went to where the cities were fortified. Everybody else came back and they looked at that and they told how it couldn't be done. Now, I don't know about you, but I've noticed this. That when you're approaching things that take endurance, that you know are going to take an effort, that are going to be difficult, how the enemy likes to get into your mind and he begins to make you worry about that. Now, for 45 years, he's walked around in the desert with the picture in his mind of these massive soldiers and fortified cities. It is so easy for the enemy to have taken that and over 45 years built a resistance and a fear. But no. Guys, I know. When I go before the, the, the night before the comrades, I don't sleep. If I'm running the two oceans, I don't sleep that night. I have to sit there and focus my mind saying, thank you, Father, I know I can do this. Thank you, Father, I know I can do this. Because you're concerned about the different places you're going to get to, what your legs are going to feel like, what your chest is going to feel like. You, you th you, the enemy wants to take you there. Caleb never went there. He gets to 85. He's been 45 years out there thinking, I can't wait. It's my turn. I'm going to take you down. He didn't look at the size of the enemy. He didn't look at the fortified cities. He looked at what God had promised him. He kept his eyes focused. He was wholly committed to God. If I'm going to die out of mind, I'm going to win. <sighs> Man, it was awesome. Maybe that the Lord will be with me and I will be able to drive them out of this land. So I want you to understand that this determination, this endurance with which Caleb runs, he, it takes up his whole attitude. You see, his attitude of endurance was, I'm going to win. He focused on the concept of living in that city, planting farms there, raising families there, living in the promise that God had given him. He didn't focus on the battle. He didn't look at what were the possibilities of things going wrong. He just looked at what was going to happen. I'm going to live there. I'm going to plant farms there. And man, those fortified cities... They're going to be the places we're going to live in. He focused on that. He didn't focus on the size of the enemy. He was passionate about God. He wholly followed the Lord. Now, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, it says, And for whatever was written in the earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. The reason I read that to you this morning is so Paul tells you that you can endure and you can be encouraged. You can endure and you can be encouraged. The purpose for that 
The purpose for God putting Caleb's story there so clearly is so that you and I know that we can endure. If he can do 45 years in a desert waiting for the promise, we can endure. COVID-19 is not going to last forever. We know because it was crucified on the cross. We know we've already overcome. We know the situation is going to change. We know we need to prepare ourselves for the change in that situation. We need to endure. So when that time comes and God says, all right, now let's move, we've already able to take the land that is lying vacant because the others could not stand. Now, may the God who gives endurance, listen to that, God, verse 5, God gives endurance and supplies encouragement, grant you to be of the same mind with one another. So God, Paul says to us, we need to come into unity. At the Bay Christian Family Church, we need to be in unity, one mind, because God is giving us endurance and He's encouraging us because there is a time coming that we're going to be able to move in. And when we move in, how great is that victory that God has already promised us? Let's not look at the setback. Let's look at what God has already promised us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, Paul writes to Timothy and he says this, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. And my endurance. See, Paul doesn't put faith or patience and endurance in the same. Patience and endurance are not the same thing. Endurance, patience, means I can... Wait for God to manifest. Endurance means I have a passion for keep on going. I keep on going. I don't stop doing what I know God wants me to do. I don't come to church one week and stop. I don't pray once and stop. I don't read my Bible once and stop. I endure. I endure. I don't confess once or twice. I confess daily. I endure. I take up the things that God has called me to do. Paul says, he says, he goes on and says, you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. Well, we know. Paul was beaten 40 times with a rod. 40 times. That's a rod that used to be about that thick. I can't see that on the camera, but it was about that thick. They used to beat them. And that was a way of punishing and, and, and bones would break. 40 times. Five times he received the lash. You don't ask. You, I mean, I know that sometimes we think, you know, Paul went there and said, oh, I'm happy for you to do this. I believe that he prayed every single time that God, in, God would deliver him. But he endured regardless. He endured. He said, God, I know that there is a purpose for my life. You and I have this race set before us. This is the course. We have a purpose on this course. There is a purpose that we're going through this because God has called us to the other side. We are to stand and demonstrate the purposes of God. We are to demonstrate the healing and the deliverance. We are to demonstrate the goodness of God. We have a purpose at this time. Paul said, you know that's how I've lived my life. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, in Iconian, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. There are stuff that's going to go wrong from time to time. It's not always going to go across like, you know, a little book that we want to. Oh, we, I, like, I like being on holiday. I like being on holiday. Just sitting on the beach sometimes, getting a bit of sun, watching my kids play. Going to nice places where they cook for you and you don't have to clean up. 
sleeping in nice places where you wake up and you open the curtains and you, wow, I like that. But it's called holiday. You earn the holiday. You don't live in the holiday. If you do that every day, it's not a holiday. Okay? The rest of the time, you endure so that you can have the holiday. Too often we want to live in the holiday. That's not what God called us to do. We have to work and do things that God has called us to do. How's this? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. He's talking about the seed that was sown on the wayside. And in verse 16, he goes, And what he's sown on gravel represents those who hear the message. Now, I've put this in the Passion Translation. And receive it joyfully. But because their hearts fail to sink a deep root, they don't endure for long. They don't endure for long. For when trouble and persecution comes on account of the message, they immediately wilt and fall away. Endurance comes when we sink our, the root of our heart into the Word of God. Caleb wholeheartedly lived for God. He wasn't looking for what God could get him. He was looking for what he could do for God. Jesus says when the Word comes and we sink our root of our heart into the Word, where it is all about Jesus, when it's all about the kingdom, when it's all about God, and it's in there, when persecution comes, it will be a blip. But if I'm shallow in the root of my heart, I will struggle when persecution comes because I'm not rooted in the Word. I'm rooted in me still. Paul goes on in Colossians chapter 1 and he prays in verse 9. And Pastor Allen's taught us so often about verse 9 um, and 10 because he prays it over all of us every single day. That we are filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That we have a walk that is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him and fruitful in every good work as we increase in the knowledge of God. It's powerful prayer, and it's a, it's a powerful confession to make of your life. But verse 11 goes on to say this. It says, Paul says, we pray, this is the Amplified Bible, we pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power according to his glorious might to, to attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy. That we may attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy. So there are different kinds of endurance. You know, when you run the race, <laughs> you come across people that are enduring what I call the you know, sort of those who hate it, but they're just not going to stop because they're just too stubborn to stop. And it's a good quality but they're moaning every step of the way. I don't like to run with those people <laughs> because it doesn't take long because <laughs> I start to feel the pain worse. There is something about running next to somebody who's going, I'm so sore. <laughs> my toes, my back. <laughs> you either slow down or you speed up because you stay around that. You're going to feel everything. I'm already feeling it. 
Then you run next to people. I remember running up one of the hills and the comrades, and I was running up a guy was next to a guy that was a lot older than me, and he had run 12 or 14, it says on the back of his number. And I ran up, and I saw, I slowed down, and I ran with the guy for a while, and I said to him, sure, you must, you, you, you must have got to do this so well, having run it so many times. That's why you look so good. And he says, that's what it looks like on the outside. But it never changes when you run this race. And I realized he must have felt just like I felt. We'd run the same distance. The bodies are pretty much the same. You're all feeling. We're all going through the same stuff. But on the outside, this guy was going, I chose to be yeah. I paid my money to be yeah. I trained to be yeah. So I'm going to enjoy myself being yeah. Well, we gave our lives to Jesus. We chose the path that he set before us. And so now we're running that path. We can either run that with the kind of endurance that says, I'm just going to get there when I get there. I'm going to sit there. They can pick me up and take me to my hotel room. And that's it. I'm never running this race again. Or you can get there and go, I did what God called me to do. I have run my race. I've come to give glory to God. So every day the, the, the newspapers give us more numbers. We don't go, oh, Things are getting worse. No, hallelujah. This is the race we're called to. When I go into the office, when I speak to people, I'm going to be talking about the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. I'm going to tell them that there is a time coming very, very soon when the things will open up and we will move in and take ground because our God has already promised that to us. That's how we run with endurance. Every kind of endurance is different, but I choose to run the one that Caleb did. I choose to be the one that wants to model my mind on Caleb. So as we finish this morning, I want to take you back. Just spend some time having a look at how we can run like that. Remember in Hebrews chapter 12, 1, we said, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that, which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. See, Paul warns us that if we're looking at what we're going through and we focus on the size of the giants and the problems that we face, if that's where our focus is, we will become weary and discouraged in our souls. I don't know if you've become aware, but we have seen the newspapers reporting how many more people are struggling with anxiety and depression during this time. Why? Because they're looking at what we're going through. They're considering the size of the giants that they're facing and the fortified cities that they're having to be opposed by. But Paul tells us we are to look unto Jesus. We're to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. The author, the one who gives you the words to speak. 
He's given you the word of His to speak over your life. He has authored that, and He is then watching over that word to bring it to pass. But we are to look unto Jesus. Look at it in the Passion Translation. It says, we are to look away from the natural realm, and we are to focus our attention and expectation on Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressure. What did Jesus do? Jesus did this. He focused at seeing you sitting here today. He focused at what it would be like to one day sit down at the right hand of the Father. He didn't focus at what he was going to endure. He, like Caleb, didn't look at the giant that was coming. He looked beyond the giant. He looked at what the promise was bringing in. He focused on the victory. He, he focused on what God was calling him to have, not what he had right then. Not what he was going through, what God was calling him to. And that becomes the way of running with new vigor. Don't look at what you're going through right now. Don't consider the circumstances right now because we know that they are temporary. Paul's already told us these things are temporary. We're looking at the things that are eternal. We need to have an eternal mindset. The eternal mindset said the promises of God are yes and amen. They cannot be taken away. So what has God promised me? What has the word given me? I'm going to focus on Jesus, the word that he has given me. He's given me, he's authored it, he's written it. He's told me, I am going to do this. I'm going to bring you into deliverance. I'm going to grow the company. I'm going to heal your family. I'm going to, what has God told you he's going to do? Focus on that. When I'm running, I don't think about, when I get to 35Ks, I don't think about the 35Ks. I think about, ah, uh, I'm going to give you a secret. I'm going to confess my sin. I think about I'm going to Wimpy, and there's a special burger that they have at Wimpy. It's a Wimpy burger. I know it sounds bad. Eh? <laughs> but they put deep-fried onion rings on the burger. It's called a crispy stack. And I start thinking about my crispy stack. I start thinking about putting my feet up on the couch and watching some football. I'm not thinking about what I'm going through. I'm thinking of the promise of what I have earned by doing this. Because I learned that from Jesus. Jesus said, you focus on me. I've given you a promise. I've told you how this thing finishes. I've told you the end. I've told you what you will have. I've told you that you will live for eternity with me. What we're going through, don't focus on that. We focus on what Jesus has called us to. We focus on the word that he has given us. And when we do that, 
Nothing can discourage us. Our souls will not get weary. We will be invigorated. We will know that when I get up tomorrow morning, it's not COVID I'm looking at. I'm looking at what Jesus has promised me. I'm going to go into his presence. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to hear once again. Jesus has said, this is where I'm taking you. I wrote your race. I set your course. I'm running with you. I'm your cheerleader. I'm at the end. I'm saying you come to the promise that I have guaranteed you. Now get up with that attitude and go into the day because I have given you the victory. Amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, family, we run with endurance, the things that God has called us to. Endurance is something He puts in our hearts. And Paul prays for us. God says He will give it to us. So right now, let's just pray and let's trust God that no matter what the enemy has brought, Right now, he's going to fill you with an endurance and a vigor and an expectation that God is taking you to the promise that he has authored. Amen. All of those of us online, let's just pray. Father, I thank you that we have heard your word this morning. You have called us to a magnificent promise. You have given us the guarantee of your own son that that promise is ours. And so we look unto Jesus right now, Father. We put our focus on Him. We put our focus on the Word. You have said it, and you watch over it to perform it, and you are cheering us on, Father. No matter what the enemy has said against us, no matter what is happening around us, our eyes are set on you, Jesus. And we thank you that we can run with endurance. We can run with vigor this race that you have called us to. I call every single person listening to this message this morning invigorated, Father, empowered. They will rise up strong. They will look at the promise of God. They will look at what He has said to them, and they will hold fast to that. And that will strengthen their legs and strengthen their minds and strengthen their hearts, Father. And we will become strong in the Word of God. And we will be filled with joy. And we will encourage those around us, Father, to look at what You have called us to. And Father, I thank You that you have watched over your word, and it is coming to pass. We are victorious. We are champions. In Jesus' name, amen.